All right, we're here in Proverbs chapter 23. Uh, tonight, we're going to take and continue our study on what parents ought to teach children, what children need to learn. Of course, tonight, we have several hundred of our kids are out of, out of the uh, building tonight. All of our CB high school young people are down in Shackamack State Park, and I'll get to see them tomorrow evening, Lord willing. Brother Ed Bordell is preaching for them, our missionary to uh, Costa Rica, came into the States to preach for them. We're glad for that. They love him, and he loves them. They, they, someone told me, said, Pastor, could you hire him to work at City Baptist School? <laughs> I said, well, I think I'd be a better, better missionary in Costa Rica, so we'll go ahead and leave him over there. But he said, he loves our school kids, and he's doing great. And then our high school young people are across the street with Brother Abdel, Brother Keith Cowling, and Brother James Woosley, and they're teaching them and preparing them for another season of Transformer Kids Club. They'll go to uh, HB camp next week, school camp next week, and then when they come back, we'll continue. We'll start the uh, Transformer Kids Club uh, for another fall session, and we'll go through the Thanksgiving season and then um, be done, take another break, and start back up in January. But I'm so glad to see you this evening. I'm glad that God leaves no stone unturned. When he gives us the Bible, he tells us about everything, about money, about business, he tells us a little bit about, uh, uh, about uh, family, a lot about family. He created the first family. Much of the Bible speaks of family units and what are the roles of the husband and what are the roles of the wife or the roles of, the, of moms and dads and children, brothers and sisters, uh, all these things, how to uh, correct problems we have. God's given us the Bible for four basic reasons. For doctrine, that's what's right. So you want to know what's right in a situation, you need to do what, uh, what God tells you to do. Find out what the Bible wants you to do and do it. You don't have to feel good about it. It doesn't have to be convenient. It doesn't have to be comfortable. It doesn't have to be logical. It needs to be right. I had a joy to speak to a sweet friend recently, and I told him, look, you know, they said, well, I just, I don't think I can do that. I don't want to do that. And I just told them, I said, you know, you can do anything God wants you to do. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ was strengthened me. So don't say, I can't do something God told you to do. If he told you to do it, you can do it. And love is not feeling right about someone. It's deciding to treat that someone right. It's not feeling right. I don't have to feel right about people, and you don't feel right about people to, to demonstrate love. Aren't you glad God didn't have to feel right about us to save us? No, love is not feeling right about someone. It's just making a decision. I'm going to treat the someone right. And what is right? Whatever God says. It's not what you feel at a given time, not what I feel, or, or my, my imaginations, or thoughts, or, or, uh, or, or you know, uh, things I, I feel like I want to do, what's comfortable, but what is right. So the Bible gave us, God gives the Bible so we would know what is right, doctrine. For reproof, and that's what's wrong. Whenever, uh, whenever you turn in your test on Friday, boys and girls and young people, and you get it back on Monday, you'll see that some things are reproved. Your, t- your teacher has to put an X there and say, it's not right. They're pointing out what you did was not correct. And God does that for us. He says, here's what you do. Here's what's right. This is what's not right. But thank God he goes another step forward. It's not only good for doctrine and for reproof, but for correction. That's how to get right something you've messed up. As a teacher, I almost always made our students correct their test. Because if they got an answer wrong, I want them to get it right. I want them to get it right. I want them to, to figure it out and correct it. They've got an error. I, I put an X there because I want them to correct it and make it right. And then lastly, for instruction in righteousness. We've talked about that Sunday night. How many times the word righteous, righteousness, upright is found in the Bible? Because the Bible is about what is right. 
what's not right, how to get right, how to stay right with the Lord. Well, in, the, in, in he speaks a lot about the family. We're in Proverbs chapter 23. And once if we can, please, to look again, if we would, please, at verse number 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise. Guide thine heart in the way. Number one, moms and dads, boys and girls need to learn this. And moms and dads, the reason they're in your life and you're in their life is to get this to them. Uh, we, we, we haven't been perfect parents. Linda and I, we struggle terribly uh, as parents. And it's difficult to be consistent and to work at this. But all of us need to continue to say, what do I need to get my kids to learn? Number one, get them to learn to listen. Uh, I see little boys and girls who are here. Now they're four years old. It's the day that their, kid, their parents have been dreading for a long time. When they no longer can drop them off at the nursery, they get to sit with them in church. And it is uh, out of control sometimes, right? But what they're going to do, they're going to teach your child to learn to listen. Listen with your eyes, listen with your ears, and uh, pay attention. He said the first thing is learn to teach and learn to, to teach your children to learn to listen, to give attention. Uh, I remember years ago uh, when, I, when Tyler was little and we were, I was teaching him to look at me. You know, listen. When you listen, look at someone. Don't look down. Look up at them and pay attention. Don't just look, listen with your ears because he would say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm just looking down. No, I said, well, look, look at the pastor. Look at him. Pay attention. And uh, sometimes I would talk to him, and it was so funny. I, as a father, I was learning how to, to work with him and how to deal with him. And I'd say, all right, now look at me, Tyler. And he would put his head up this way and look off this way right here, you know. I said, no, look at me. He'd look like that, you know. And I'd say, no, look at me when you listen, but learn to listen. Number two, learn to watch your friends. Be careful that you don't have wrong friends. Be not among wine-bibbers. Uh, be careful who you spend time with. And that doesn't, that's not just good for children that are 10. That's good for pastors who are 55. That's good for adults. That's good for senior citizens. You've got to be careful, your associations. And the Bible tells us that he that walk with wise men shall be wise. The companion of fools will be destroyed. You know, over in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul challenged the church. And I think it's chapter 16, forgive me. He says, he says be not deceived. Don't kid yourself. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Uh, you hang around the wrong kind of influence, it's going to affect your speech. It's going to affect your, 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 your conduct, your, your body language. All of it will be affected by hanging around wrong kind of people. And that is no different if, you are, if you're a teenager or you're an adult. Look at the next thing if we can, please. We talked about guard your relationships, your companionships. Learn to listen. Number 21, look at that if you would, please. Let's all read that together. For the drunkard... And the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall. The next thing the Bible tells us, I think a parent has to teach their children, is how to be diligent. Laziness is a scourge and a drain on any institution, especially on the institution of a home. If you and I are lazy in the home front, it will hurt the family. I was speaking to a young man today, and he told me about family members that were very, very irresponsible. Lazy. They, they wanted everything given, and they were takers. They weren't givers. And it's put such pressure on the family. And that's the same it is, same it is in the church. Is when we're lazy, it hurts the whole body of believers. He said uh, drowsiness, people who are continually uh, taking naps and sleeping and not working and, and, uh, and, and helping and contributing, it, it, brings, it brings poverty to us. Let's look at the next thing, if we can, please. And uh, we'll look at verse number 22. Read it out loud with me, would you? Hearken to thy father. 
I have preached many sermons here. I have received a lot of feedback from this verse right here. It's a responsibility that uh, all of us do. You, you didn't pick your parents, but you and I do have responsibility to honor our parents the rest of our life. And not the rest of their life. My dad's with the Lord. He's lived with the Lord longer than he's lived with me. Uh, he was, uh, he's been, I, he has lived with the Lord 28 years. And uh, I miss my dad. But the truth of the matter is, he's with the Lord, but I still have responsibility to honor him because uh, I'm still alive. And he said, I want you to honor your parents. And we'll talk about how to do that. The best way to honor your parents is to practice wisdom. You live life God's way, and you'll do, you'll do the right thing. Now, there are come, there'll, there'll be some times for hard decisions where you'll have to say, okay, what does God want me to do in this situation? Uh, my beautiful mom, I'm so thankful for her, but she had knee surgery, and we've been concerned about her and praying for her, that God would help her. She's uh, allergic to pain medicine, so it's very frustrating for her to take pain medicine, and yet she has the major pain, and it's really challenging. By the way, Brother Sexton will be with us on Sunday, and he also is allergic to pain medicine, but he is an amazing guy. I cannot wait to introduce you to him and him to you on Sunday. I hope you'll bring visitors, and I hope you'll, you'll be praying for him especially but, uh, but I'm concerned about my mom. She's 81, and it's my responsibility. Now, I've got five siblings who are fighting with me about that responsibility, and I thank the Lord for them. And uh, I, live, I live nine hours away from her. Some of them live just uh, in the same town with them. But I have a responsibility to find out what can I do to care for my mom and not to despise your mom when she ages. And your dad, the same way. And they, sometimes it's kind of frustrating because sometimes, and by the way, if you're, older, you're an older mom or dad or grandpa, don't, don't grow old and grumpy. Don't be complaining. I was with someone today, and it seems like everything was just, every glass was half empty <laughs> instead of half full. It was just a negative, negative thing. It's just like, boy, I don't, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't like this. It's like, oh, this is not good. Oh, this is not good. Everything is negative. And he's 73 years old, and, and he just, had, he just wasn't, wasn't a positive person. And I, and, I, and I think to myself, boy, Lord, help me to be a positive person. And I want to encourage you also to make sure you take on that responsibility. These are things. Say, Pastor, I thought you were teaching about how to raise our kids. If you and I don't teach our children to care for their, uh, their aging parents, they won't do it. And... You want to go someplace a little discouraging, go to a, rest, a, a, a nursing home occasionally. And it's discouraging. I have a sweet friend of mine, and one day I was sitting with him in the car, and uh, he had the ability, and his dad was in a, in a bad place. It was an institutional. It was done before walls, and the people that came, they didn't abuse him, but they just were doing their job. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. They were not bad people. They had a hard job to do. They were, they were understaffed. And, but I said to him in the car that day, I said, do not let your dad sit in this rest home if you can take care of him, and I think you can. He said, Pastor, what do you mean? I can't take care of my dad. I said, I think you can. If you can't do it, you've got to find someone to do it, and you better be on, the, on their step. You better be visiting. He would visit him on a regular basis. He said, Pastor, he's thanked me a thousand times. He said, Pastor, I would have never thought I had any options. But now he takes care of his dad every day of the world. And he takes care of him. He changes his diaper. He feeds his food to him. He does his medical thing. Takes him to the doctor. Does among many other things, but continues to care for him. And he's thanked me a thousand times. He said, Pastor, I wouldn't have it any other way. 
I just didn't know. I just thought, well, this is what happens. They get old, you just kind of put them away and visit them. I didn't think I could have opportunities. Not everybody can do that. But some people could do it, but they're not going to do it. And I do think there are some times where we have to step up and make a change in our lifestyle to be able to help someone that's uh, going through a difficult time, especially in their elderly time. Let's look, if we can, please, to the next thing. And this is what we, we want to start our new study tonight. Verse number 23. Children need to be taught to buy the truth and sell it not. Also, wisdom, instruction, and understanding. Truth, wisdom, instruction, understanding uh, need to be valued over the material and temporal things. All those things are eternal things, and all of us naturally gravitate to what we can have right now materially instead of something that is spiritual in nature. And he says, teach your children to value truth. Wisdom, understanding. These are the important things. These are things you'll need. In another passage of Scripture, uh, in, in chapter 22, I referenced it last week, Solomon says, look, son, if you have a pile of cash right here, I mean thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you can have that, or you can have a name, a good name. When your name is spoken, think people think favorably. Leave the cash and walk away with a good name. If you can have, uh, if you can have gold and silver, or you can have loving favor from God and others, leave the gold and silver and take away favor from God and others. Because it will far outlast whatever it would be that would be on that side of the table. And the same is true with children. And the same is true with all of us. We oftentimes, we value things that really don't matter. They don't have an eternal, and, and I love sports. But the older I get and I watch sports, the more I see the vanity of it. I can't remember the scores. I don't remember, you know, and some of you can spend two or three hours doing that. And I think for some time, it's relaxing. It, it kind of gets your mind off something. I, I think it, there's a place for that. But boy, we get so enthralled with something that really doesn't matter a hill of beans at the expense of things we could do that matter something for eternity. So we have time to do what we want to do. If you want to read your Bible, you read it. If you don't, that's why you don't. <laughs> if you want to pray, you pray. If you don't want to pray, that's why you don't. We do what everyone do. You want to go, do you want to be a soul winner? You'll be a soul winner. If you don't want to be a soul winner, you won't. It's, it's a value. These are, these are, by the way, he that wins souls is... Why? It's a wise thing to win souls. But children need to be taught that. Uh, they oftentimes will think, you know, what's the value? Mom, Dad, we, why can't we go miss church? I remember getting, trying to get my dad to miss church on a Wednesday night and a Sunday night when we were on vacation. Dad, we can just, you can just pull up the rest here and give us the Bible. So you know the Bible, Dad. Nope, we're going to church. I was so carnal, wasn't I? But I'm so glad my dad didn't cave. He didn't cave in. And it was back before there were cell phones. You had to pull over, find a gas station, find the yellow pages, find independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist churches and pick out which one, how far are we from there? And he'd look at his map or he'd call him and say, I'm over here at this thing. And what time does your church start? We'd go over there. And sometimes it was uncomfortable. But boy, today I am so glad that my dad valued the eternal and not the temporal. We could have got down the road three or four more hours if we didn't have to stop and go to church. But it was a valuable thing. My dad said, no, that, we're going to learn something. By the way, when we get to those churches, we learn things. We met people. We influenced others. 
Sometimes we double the size of a church <laughs> just by walking in the door there. But, and, but, but I, 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 always, I always struggle sometimes to go, but after I left, I was so glad I went. And as uh, having our, our large family, we've done that too. When we go someplace, we, we go to church. We make a plan. We're going to make a plan to stay at a hotel or go on this outing or do this canoe thing. Well, we're going to go to church. We're going to find out where we're going to go Sunday morning. We're going to go Sunday night. Or here's a couple options. And we're going to go. We're going to be a part of the blessing. And when you go to church, remember, you don't go to get something. You go to give something. You exhort one another. When you come to church, you ought to come with a smile. You ought to come with a spring in your step. You ought to come with a word of encouragement. You ought to come looking for someone you can be blessed. Some of you ought to write a couple notes before you come and hand them to somebody. But what a blessing it would be to get a, a single mom coming to church, bringing her kids, taking them to Transformer Club, and then going, oh, that was a long day. And someone walk up and give them a note, a little couple saying, you know what? We're so proud of you. Way to go. You're doing great. Some, some uh, elderly ladies here. It's been a long time. Their husband's been to heaven 15, 20 years. And for some of you precious girls to come up and just lay your hand on their shoulder, ladies with ladies, and hug them and tell them, you're, you're, you're precious to the Lord. I'm so glad you've come. I know you could stay home and watch on live stream, but you, you chose to be here. I'm glad you're here. Boy, come be a blessing. Come to encourage somebody else. These are things that need to be taught. Value the eternal over the material. Buy the truth and sell it not. You know, sometimes you buy something and you realize after a while you've used it, you're done with it, and you want to just sell it and get, get going. Uh, sometimes I've done that with vehicles. I have a car. I drive it for a while. I like it. It's a good car. But I found another car a little bit better than that, so I sell this car. He said, whenever you get wisdom, don't sell that. Whenever you get, you get an understanding, no, 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 that's, that's a keeper. There's just some things you just don't ever sell in this lifetime. And wisdom you don't want to sell. You want to value it. Say, this is, this is price. I've got to have this. I've got to have it. Look at the next one if we can, please. He says, verse number 24, the father of the righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. And, uh, of course, this is how you can best honor your mom and dad. If you go to Long Beach, California at Forest Lawn Cemetery, you'll go there and you'll find a headstone for Tyler Mark Wilkerson. Yeah, he was born on February the 27th, 1991. He went to be with the Lord on August the 15th, 2008. It'll say that on that thing. And underneath there, there's a picture of him uh, just about two weeks before he died. There's a picture of his whole brothers and sisters and his mom and dad. There's a picture of him playing the guitar, and then there's a basketball goal, and there's this church steeple, and there's a lily for the resurrection. There's an open Bible. There's a music a sheet because he liked to sing, and it's all there. And then there's Proverbs chapter 23, verse 24. And it says that he that begetteth a wise child shall have joy of him. And it says he brought us great joy. And young people and older people, whatever you do in your life, you'd like to bring joy to your parents. And uh, parents, we need to remind ourselves, our, one of our, our, our goals, my mother would say this a thousand times. She'd say, John, I'm not raising you, so I'll love you. I'll love you no matter what. If you're a prisoner, I'll still love you. But I'd like to raise you in such a way that one day, not only I'll love you, but other people will love you. Because you are a wise son. You're doing the right thing. And your sisters are wise girls. And your other brothers are wise. We want to teach you to, to exercise wisdom. And she, did, she tried her best. We've struggled with that. But at the same time, I want to encourage you to decide, you know what? I'm going to be a wise child. I'm going to bring joy. 
the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Some of you, one of the things you can do greatest for your family, your mom and dad, is to bring them joy. When uh, John the Baptist was born and Zacharias found he's going to have a boy, he said, you're going to have great joy from him. He's going to bring you joy and gladness. By the way, boys and girls, if you're not bringing joy and gladness to your mama, you're, you're, you're causing some problems. The Bible tells in chapter 10 of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 1, a wise son makes a glad dad, and a foolish son is a heaviness to his mother. There are some girls in this room, and you've got some children who are breaking your heart. And, you, and it's, like having, it's like walking around with a cinder block on your chest. It's like having a necklace and a cinder block. Linda and I were, were, were somewhere recently, and she had this little this necklace on. And when we got in the car, she goes, I had to take this off. You know why? It's heavy. It was heavy. She's so rich. I don't know. She might have been thinking about her sons. I have no idea. But, but he said, a, a, heavy, a heaviness. Boy, don't want to bring a heaviness to your mom or your dad. And if they're here in this life or they're in heaven, you want to be a blessing to them. And boys and girls, learn that. Moms and dads, teach that. Train that. Let's look at another verse if we can, please. Verse number 25. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Another thing I want to encourage you to do is to yield your... T- kids need to be taught to yield to your parents over your peers. There's a natural independence that comes in the life of children. It's natural and it's good. Okay, you don't, want to, you don't want to have to babysit your kids. Nothing more frustrating than find people that are just totally adults, but still totally dependent upon their mom and their dad. We don't want that. You want them to have independence. You don't want to smother them. At the same time, uh, I would say there's natural independence, but one challenge that every teenager has and every young person has is they fall more, they care more about what their peers think than what their parents think. They give their heart to their peers and to their boyfriend or their girlfriend. I mean, I just say to you, I just don't see a lot of positive things for teen dating. I think it's natural for a boy to like a girl. It's unnatural affection for a guy to like a guy or a girl to like a girl. That's, that's not only unnatural, it's immoral. It's, it's wicked, it's perverse, and sodomy is a, is a vile sin. But it's natural for a boy like a girl, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, I'm always glad when I see that there's some affection there. That's good, or there's some attention there. But let me tell you something. Timing is very important. And, and you try to rush the washing machine, you're going to have some problems. And you need to learn to, you need to, and mamas, be careful that you don't, for, you try to encourage your kids to, to, get, to get involved with someone that they're not ready to be involved with. But I would say this. Children especially, give your heart to your parents. Love your parents. If your buddy says something, your parents say something, do with your parents. If someone ever tells you, boys and girls, don't tell your mom and dad. That's a bad dude. Go tell your mom and dad. And get away from that clown. I'm going to tell you something, but don't tell your parents. Don't you get away from that guy. Get away from that girl. I don't know where you came from, but that's not what I do. You want to give your heart to your parents. And the Bible tells us that the parents are to ask for the heart. Look at the next verse, would you please? The Bible says here, verse number, uh, verse number 26, My son, give me thine heart, and let thy eyes observe my ways. 
Yield to your parents, not your peers. And then moms and dads, they ask for the heart of the kids. Now, when we see the Bible and you see the word heart, and it's not talking about your heart muscle, it's talking about your thinking, your feelings about situations, and your desires. Every once in a while, I, my, my children will say to Linda, just, just ask Dad what he thinks I should do, and I'll do it. Uh, that'll, that'll, that'll do right by me. He doesn't make, Dad, that'll do it. And I make mistakes, but many of my kids have said that to Linda a thousand times. Said, you know, just, just ask Dad. Tell, have Dad just tell me what, what he thinks I'm supposed to do, and I'll just do it. I got an opinion. What he's saying is like, I'll, I'll let Dad shape my thinking, my feelings, and my desires. I have an opinion what I want to do. Boys and girls need to be taught that from their mom and dad. Kids, moms, you need dads, and you listen to me and listen to your kids and say, listen, I know what you want to do. I used to be your age one time, but let me help you. You're with your thinking, your feelings, and your desires on that. It'll help you. And by the way, boys and girls and young men, young ladies, it'll save you lots of problems. But then the parent says something else. Give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. That's a huge responsibility. Because monkey see, monkey do. And more is caught than taught. And, and uh, we, we can talk the talk, but we have to walk the walk. He's, this, this, this dad says, look, give me my heart and watch me. Watch how I do things. Am I consistent? Am I faithful? Am I responsive? We learn to be responsive. Learn to answer people correctly. Uh, let, you, let your eyes observe my ways. Be a good example. Boy, um, Mark Twain said, nothing aggravates me more than a good example. But as parents, we need to be a good example. You want your kids to be healthy? You be healthy. You want your kids to make good decisions? You make good decisions. You want your kids to have a right response to situations? You have a right response to situations. Because if not careful, we'll just continue to repeat the same cycles that uh, oftentimes we have. And by the way, if you have bad examples in your past, you can stop that cycle. And you need to. You have everything at your disposal. I, I've got precious friends in this room, and their background is so, it's, it's tragic. What they were exposed to, what they had to deal with. Most of us don't have that. But there are, some, there are some precious people in this room, and they've had to reprogram their heart and life with the relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can do the same. People good at making excuses aren't usually good at anything else. And the Bible tells us, he said, look, my son, give me your heart, and let your eyes observe my ways. And would to God that we all could say that. Apostle Paul said it, follow me as I follow Christ. And we should do the same thing.